Well, Rebecca was literally like, if this is Speak Now Taylor's version, Chandler manifested it with her new purple phone. And I was also wearing my purple Speak Now shirt from the old Taylor collection. Wow. It is, it's actually I mean, not Speak Now Taylor's version, but... No, it's not. <laughs> but imagine if it had been. Are you ready for it? Welcome to Ready For It, a Taylor Swift podcast. I'm Chandler. I'm Rebecca. I'm Bailey. And I'm Lizzie. So be fearless. Speak now. Put on your favorite shade of red. While shaking it off in a getaway car. Because sometimes you need to calm down. And wrap yourself up in your favorite cardigan. To find some happiness. And listen as we talk about the iconic poet herself, Miss Swift. Exactly. Basically, yeah. That's... Honestly, I feel like 1989 is the album that's getting the most. That would be like to me, that's the logical drama. Next step, with but the... I also keep seeing all of these lawsuit. things that the lawsuit is still up in the air, and mm-hmm. I just like I can't figure out if it's legit, and I don't. No, it's legit. It is. So essentially, whatever their names are, who wrote the song, they are suing her, but they don't actually have the right to sue her. Because they sold their rights to some management company. I don't know. And this is for the line, haters gonna hate, right? One players gonna play. Line. I no, like haters I- gonna hate and players gonna play. So technically two lines. I feel like when you get a certain level of faint, like the level that Taylor is at, everybody from the woodworks is coming out and being like, wait a second. You stole that yeah, from me. Yeah. Like, because the well, whole lover, too, recently. Yes. That's exactly what I was going to say. And it's that, to me, was just bullshit. Like, I just, I. There's I, also a trademark issue with Speak Now. So this makes me think this is the reason why we're not getting those re-recordings. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. she was just like, well, fuck it. I have all these new songs that I want to release. Let's just release TS10. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I totally for i mean yeah, i don't really care what you release i just think it's something i mean it's been yeah. basically a year so this is exciting but yes yeah. and i would be like more excited except i got like three hours of sleep last night so i'm trying not to yawn no that was the night that i woke up at 3 a.m when i saw the react that was that night i like woke up and i couldn't get back to sleep and then i was just in a wormhole of like looking at all the shit that was going on online and <laughs> Then stressing about work because it was Sunday going into mm-hmm. Monday. So, yeah, I get it. I get it. I've been, like, every other night waking up at 3 a.m. And I don't understand why. But Insomnia. Probably. It's just stress. It's just <laughs> Maybe stress. you're relating to Taylor instead of waking up at midnight. I'm having sleepless nights. Yeah. 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 Well, I am definitely going to relate to this album. So, because of the insomnia. So, it's going to be fun. I'm so Um, excited. So, what are your, like, initial reactions to hearing about the album release? I'm a little shocked. I think I'm shocked because I was expecting it to be a re-record. Like, I was expecting it to be Speak Now, Taylor's version, or 1989, Taylor's version. So, I'm a little shocked. I'm a little nervous, also, just, like, leading up to it. Because I'm like, what is this... What is this going to do for my mental health? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm still recovering from red, so <laughs> not yeah. sure I'll be able to handle this. Um, 
But I don't, I don't know. I just, I think, I think maybe like we said before, the reason she's doing it is because of all of the trademark issues that she's having with 1989 and speak now. So I feel kind of bad that that's not what she wanted to do because like, you know, she's already released wildest dreams, Taylor version and this love Taylor's version. So naturally you would think that 1989 would come next, but obviously it's she still can. tied up with some of the legal issues. So I kind of feel bad that she's still having to battle this, you know, e even bad that she has to redo any of it, but even worse that she's having to go through this whole thing, even though it should, you know, rightfully be hers. Like she wrote it, you know, I think that she kind of always had this planned and that, cause it is kind of on track for her. I mean, I know the traditional way it kind of went out the door was folklore and evermore. But I think that, like, if you were to think, pretend folklore and evermore didn't happen, pretend 2020, 2021, like, that didn't happen. And it was just Lover. That was the last album she put out. I feel like this would be logically the next one that would come out. Because I don't think she would have released folklore and evermore if it wasn't for the pandemic and just being stuck inside and having all this creative energy that she has. And so when I first heard the, the release, I was like well, off guard because I've heard all these theories for ages from different Swifties, like, you know, either a re-record or the, the Karma album that constantly comes up. I hear those things and I'm like, okay, is this really gonna happen? And so when all the all the Taylor Swift fans were like freaking out about it, I was like, probably nothing's gonna happen. I didn't even think she was gonna show up to the VMAs, honestly. I thought maybe if she won, she would do. First off, I didn't think. I mean, I love all too well Taylor's version in the short film, um, but I didn't know it was gonna win Video of the Year. But yeah. honestly, I didn't really watch any of the other music videos to compare it. And I know that the short film was phenomenal, so I don't didn't see why it wouldn't win. But she really doesn't do a lot of public outings a lot. She doesn't go to a lot of award shows. So when she does go to award shows, it does really make a difference. Like there's definitely something going on. There's a reason why she's attending. Everything is calculated now. Like it's not. It's not calculated. She's just a good planner. Yes. Yes. That That is Correct. It's just like, you know, it's like we always talk about how her theories, how all of these theories are like, you know, we're clowning around, but like she does everything with an intent and with a purpose. And we're going to get into that later in this episode, but everything she does is planned and there's a reason that she does it. Like there's a reason that, you know, this happens and then she does this. And there's a reason that all of these things add up. What that reason is at the time, we don't know. And we figure that out afterwards i think the word y'all are looking for is strategic yes she's yeah. just she has a strategy she's very strategic and purposeful with every single thing that she does yeah and i mean just to go off of what you were saying lizzie i i don't know that i subscribe to the idea that she is like got whole entire albums planned out three four years in advance but i think with this album because it's it's made up of 13 sleepless nights, right? Through the yeah. course of her life. So I think these are songs. And also with all the other Easter eggs that we've seen that we'll get into, I think it all plays a, for a bigger picture. That some of this maybe are songs 
that she was saving for a whole cohesive album that wasn't just like maybe. tracks or like it was one big thing or maybe it was the last couple of years mm-hmm. i don't know i will um, know until we listen through folklore and evermore we've we as a generation or the four of us have grown up with taylor right and we have been fans since she's been doing those hidden messages in her albums so we've been able to decode those messages and figure out who these songs are about what these songs are about but folklore and evermore is different we don't necessarily know who they're about or if they're about anyone so it's 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 hard to say what this album is going to be about or who this album is going to be about because it could be just like a few random songs on Evermore and Folklore, just things that she thought up in her mind, like, you know, like the Betty and the all of that, the whole trilogy. You know, that's just something that she thought up in her head. This album could be the same. We just, we don't know. And we can speculate because we know what the other songs are about and all of the Easter eggs. We speculate all the time. That's what we do. But we don't really know what she's planning. We don't really know what she's thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that a lot of Swifties think that, I don't know how to say this without pissing people off. I think that they think that she is way more involved in creating Easter eggs than she actually is. Like, because if you remember back when Lover was coming out, like the Easter eggs were super obvious. Like, she's like, the title of this album is in the me music video. And everybody was like, Lover, it's Lover. And she was like, nobody's guessed it. And we were all like, it's Lover. It's right there. It's Lover. And then people were second guessing it because she said that nobody had guessed it. But it was super obvious. Like, And like, sometimes they're subtle, for sure. Like the pastel nail polish that she was wearing in the delicate Spotify video. But like, still... That's an Easter egg where it's, like, kind of easy to plan. Like, yeah. like not to, like, take away from the, the planning that she does do because it it is fun. But, like, you see some things and, like, it's so intricate and it's so just, like, convoluted almost. Some Swifties, and yeah, this is going to piss off a lot of people, um, get so excited about the Easter eggs, rightfully so, that it becomes these super intense theories. And I'm not saying that Taylor isn't capable of that, but looking at her pattern, she sticks to a few things. She always gives Easter eggs in the way she dresses. So the nail polish, I would hazard to say the VMA's dress was definitely an Easter egg. And she does this constantly. She leaves clues in her captions, in Taylor Nation's tweets and things like that. And she leaves clues. She has people who she collaborates with leave clues. Like when Blake Lively posted before they premiered the um, I Bet You Think About Me music video, Blake was posting in red outfits and things like that and had captions and stuff that alluded to it. So she has a pattern and also the dates, they always like line up to like 13 or something. Those are things we always can expect from her. But like the numbers are like, yeah, like it's not even just dates. Like I will say that folklore got really like in depth with, especially the like teenage love triangle, like with the times adding up, like matching up with each of the songs. So I will like, I'm not to say that she can't get really intricate, But yeah, like, I feel like numbers, her clothing, her collaborators, those are all the things that we can really expect. And it's not that it's surface level, 
but it's just not as like complicated as some people look into it and yeah it's not the holes in the fences (laughs) as much as people like try to make it so yeah I agree Mm -hmm. I agree but I guess like going back to the actual question which is what was my reaction I knew something was happening when I saw her like show up at the VMAs I knew something was happening I'm like in the same boat as Lizzie I did not think that she was gonna win video of the year for all too well and that's just because I, I mean, I know they're fan voted. Wait, no, video of the year is not fan voted. I voted. Is it? it is. I voted I for it like seven times. <laughs> okay. Well, now I've lost my train of thought again. You guys, I'm so tired. Okay. So I didn't think she was going to win video of the year for All Too Well, not because I don't think All Too Well was the best video of all of them, but because I just always kind of expect, I have low expectations from others. Mm-hmm. when it comes to mm-hmm. Taylor getting recognition. I agree. Um, but when I saw her show up, I was like, something's going to go down. I thought it was going to be, look what you made me do, Taylor's version. I thought that I thought that the dress she was wearing was really, it really reminded me of one, and lots of people have like pointed this out, but it reminded me of the dress she wore when Kanye interrupted her. And it, it it reminded me of the scene when she's in the bathtub and the Look What You Made Me Do music video. And the five-year anniversary of that song was, like, a week ago. Prior? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. So I really thought that that was it and she was going to, like, announce Reputation Taylor's version, which I was going to die over. Um, but then when things... And, like, I also knew stuff was happening because... Taylor Nation had like said like make sure to like favorite us or whatever so you can like see our put like see our posts immediately I can't remember exactly what they said on Instagram but basically hinting that there was going to be a post Taylor's Instagram squares were like in the position to like one more would have aligned it but then once she did say like my new album comes out October 21st and then everything updated like the website and the colors like I could kind of see how the colors were a little bit speak now, like like a mature version of speak now in terms of the purple that was being used. So then I was like, I can't tell if this is a new album or speak now. I wasn't sure about speak now because it's like having trademark issues. But yeah, that was kind of my, I don't even know if that's really a reaction, but that's just like my thoughts leading up to the night and then my thoughts afterwards. But obviously I am super excited for new music. So that's funny that you mentioned speak now because before we started this, Liz and I were talking and we were looking at, first of all, my Spotify doesn't show the clock and the lyrics on any of the songs. Liz's does, but mine does not. So I don't know if it's it's only, my app. I have no idea what it is, but we figured out. I think there's only, a setting. It's only on the songs that she owns. Yeah. Not on. And the lyrics that show in the background are not necessarily songs that she owns. Yeah. yeah, it's any song that references midnight or, or sleepless, sleepless night. night or late at night. Yeah. So then my thought was... Or 2 a.m. Yeah. So then my thought was, I wonder if... And this is... I I even said, like, it's so far-fetched. I wonder if it's a distraction from, you know, her thinking, her telling us it's going to be this new album, but it's actually a re-recorded album 
I was like, it's super far-fetched, and I know, like, it's probably not it. Like, we're probably just getting new music, but it was just weird that those things were only on the songs that she owns, and the lyrics weren't necessarily on songs that she owns. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's super far-fetched, and I really don't think that that's it, but, like, sometimes you just, I, like, you can't really count anything out with her, because it can really be anything. Bex, what was your reaction? I just, I have to interrupt real quick and say I was finally awake for an album announcement. <laughs> and listen, I were asleep. I knew, we were asleep. <laughs> and then I woke up at 3 a.m. and I thought I was dreaming. I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> you guys, I love how you guys just completely dropped off. Like, you were with us, like, up until, like, the announcement. <laughs> you guys were just like, oh. Couldn't make it to midnight. It was literally, like, 15 minutes. Literally the same as everyone. Obviously, I agree. If she shows up to award shows, it's purposeful at this point. There is a huge reason behind it, um, especially in award show where she's nominated. A lot of times with in the music industry, especially like at the VMAs, Grammys, um, they will tell your team before. So you have an idea that you will be winning. You know what I mean? So she knew that she was going to win something. At the very least, sometimes they tell you even, like, specifically, like, what award it is that you've won for and stuff. I definitely, the first thing I saw, thought of when I saw her outfit was the Look What You Made Me Do music video of her in the bathtub because it's, like, almost a dead ringer for it. Yeah. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, I, was I expecting a, an album, like, a new original, original album with new music? No, because she's just been so in the midst of releasing these re-recordings. But I also knew that, like, she's been struggling with the re-recordings with all of these, like, lawsuits and stuff. But I still just didn't believe that we'd be getting new music from her. Because new music usually leads to a tour. And obviously, we haven't gotten that for the past three albums. So that opens up a whole other, like, conversation. Because part of album rollouts are tours. And somebody as big as Taylor Swift... That has to be calculated into the deciding factor on when to release albums. And so does this mean that she's now become more comfortable? Because I was watching the award show and I saw that she like shook people's hands. She wasn't really wearing a mask. I mean, she might have been behind the scenes that we didn't see. But it seems like she's becoming more comfortable again. It's like she she walked the Grammys wearing a mask and stuff like that. And so... Does this mean we're possibly going to be getting a tour for Midnight? And if so, is this going to be a combo tour? I personally don't believe that. Oh, my God. I I don't think it... Oh I, number one, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, I'm just not going to survive that. I also think, like, everyone so far, like, the four of us, we've all said that we expected something from Reputation. Mm-hmm. Like, look what you made me do. And so now I'm wondering if, and we saw it on TikTok too, because I saw it on TikTok and I shared it in the group. But like, now I'm wondering if that was just something to throw us off. Like, oh, hey, I'm going to make you think that this is something to do with this, but I'm going to throw you off. I mean, she's done that before too, right? We all thought 1989 was coming before Red did because she released Wildest Dreams. And then she was like, hey, surprise, it's Red. Oh, and by the way, I'm releasing it a week early. Mm-hmm. Well, so... Talking about her outfit again, it could have been a callback to 1989. Like, it could have been a reference because a lot of 1989's, like, not necessarily content, but, like, is inspired by the events that 
happened at the VMAs 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it, it very easily could have been like her trying to call back to, did I say 1989? Cause I meant reputation. You said 1989. I meant but reputation. If we're being honest. <laughs> It did, it did kind of remind me of one of her tour outfits from 1989 World Tour, but um, I meant reputation. Call back to the reputation era um, as a reference to Kanye interrupting her and then everything that went down in 2016 and then the Look What You Made Me Do music video. Sorry, Dan is still, he's been sitting in here <laughs> listening to us talk. I'm, Dan, any thoughts? Dan, that's all. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Okay. He's just so excited. Time. To be judged. All right, I'm closing the door. Thank you. Thank you. So I agree with what you just said, but I also agree with the fact that this album could be like 1989. And I've seen this theory on TikTok too, and I agree with it. That it's, I feel like it, judging by like the album cover too, and that's all we really have to go off of really the album cover and the colors and just. Her vibe and how she was carrying herself at the VMAs too, all of that plays into it. How she announced it, how like how significant it was that it was 13 years since the whole incident happened with Kanye, how she's releasing it on Kim Kardashian's birthday. The callback to like the outfit. I mean, I don't do we think that she like on purpose was like this is Kim Kardashian's so. birthday? I, 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 think I think she so. I think it's got more to do with the the numbers adding up to 13. Yeah. yeah. I, 10, 10, 21, 10 plus 2 plus 1 is 13. Is it a coincidence? Yes. Yes. That piece is a coincidence? Yes. The 10 plus, the 10, 21, 10 plus 2 plus 1 equals 13. Probably not a coincidence. But I think Kim it, Kardashian's birthday? Yeah, that's a coincidence. At she this do point, her birthday. and Kim probably, I mean, they're not besties, but I, I feel like behind the scenes. It's they, just like a an acquaintance okay. thing, right? Like I want to hope. Yeah, especially there's no the shit that anymore. With Kanye. I feel like that maybe there's been some men's with their relationship. I don't know. We don't know. I was just gonna say that I heard rumors after shortly after Taylor signed with what is it, Republic? Is that her new record label? I think shortly so. after she signed with Republic, her new record deal, um, I heard rumors that because Republic is in some way affiliated with the Kardashians in terms of like their show being distributed by E that like Kim was made to like apologize or not even apologize, but like make nice and like promise to never talk about Taylor again. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. That kind of thing happens in this industry more than I think what we think it does. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the only reason that we're privy to that is because we're fans of Taylor Swift and we follow what she does and we follow what's happening and not just her music, but her personal life in general. So th- that to me is not surprising. Bex, what were you going to say? I was just going to say it's standard for her to release new music on a Friday in October. And the fact, and, and that's something she's been doing since way before Kim Kardashian was ever on her radar. So it was just another, like, point backing up the coincidence theme. She's releasing an album on a Friday in October. And honestly, she usually does it mid to late October. Like, she's done October 26th before. So it makes sense that she does October 21st. Like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's usually late October yeah. or early November. 
Right. And so it's like, I just think, I don't know. I, I think this is one of those like situations where the fans are reading just a little bit too much into it and turning it into something it's not. Kind of like, not to get off on a tangent, the driver's license triangle, where they got so involved and then like snowballed into other stuff. That's kind of what I feel like this is. Like, I truly believe it's a coincidence and not Taylor being petty. Because again, at the end of the day, she was really more pissed at Kanye. Her beef was with Kanye. So. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, you know, like... When that happened 13 years ago, Kanye and Kim weren't even together. Yeah. Like, when, so it's like, in reality, her beef is not with Kim at all. I mean, yeah, it became that when they released that whole thing, but. The only thing I think about with Kim would be how in 2016, when the whole thing was famous. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other tangent. That's a whole other thing. The recorded call and how Kim was playing into it. But I feel like so much shit has happened since then that maybe Taylor. I don't know. We don't know. I mean, if we're being honest, she probably doesn't even think about that. I mean, like, it's been it's been 13 years since he interrupted her speech. Like, I'm sure it's in the back of her mind, but, like, she's released X other albums since then. Top the it's charts just like, for most of those albums Yeah, as well. I mean, like, who is Kanye West to Taylor Swift at this point? I mean, if, if that hadn't happened, they would be completely uninvolved with each other you know what I mean like yeah he inserted his himself into her life and then Kim inserted herself into the feud yeah that's what I was gonna say she took Kanye's side as his wife and that's the only reason she's involved whatsoever I mean Kim's a bully point blank she's a bully she bullied Taylor she caused a lot of issues I know if Taylor has spoken out about Kim tweeting about National Snake Day and like being canceled and Kim Kim was the one who did that But all of that aside, Kim never tried to take Taylor's career from her. She never claimed that she was responsible for her success in her career. And that's really what sent Taylor over the edge. That that is what pissed her off, was Kanye trying to take claim to her success. I mean, and it's not even really that, because those were the lines that he ran by her. And we're going off on a tangent. But her whole thing is that, he told her that he would send her the finished song before he released it. And he purposefully talked around what the exact lyrics were going to be to try and get her consent. And her, she took issue with being called that bitch. And you know what? If a man called me that bitch, I would also take issue with it. And then he lied about, I mean, like, that's really the thing, right? He lied about what she said or what she gave consent to. That's, that's the issue. Yeah. And this may bring it back to the point of the new album. I'm curious of like what the songs will be. Cause like, I feel like a lot of the songs, if it is about the last few years and by few years, I mean, 2016 all the way until now, because I'm sure that there are some songs that didn't make it to reputation that might be maybe in the future reputation vault songs, but maybe it'll be floated into this album as well. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know, but if I if I would think about sleepless nights, I would think about all the, sh- the shit that gives you anxiety. And for somebody like Taylor, I mean, Scooter, thou shall not be named. Can we actually read what she posted? Because that that's really interesting. I am fully convinced that there are song titles in that because the way it's written is just a little odd, not in like a mean way, but like 
it's just too poetic to the point where it almost doesn't make sense because it just it's like she's trying to fit stuff in that doesn't like fit with what she's saying mm-hmm. does it make sense yeah, yeah no it does i understand what you're saying I, I i felt the same way okay so i have it up we lie awake in love and in fear in turmoil and in tears we stare at walls and drink until they speak back we twist in our self-made cages and pray that we aren't right this minute about to make some fateful life-altering mistake. This is a collection of music written in the middle of the night, a journey through terrors and sweet dreams, the floors we pace and the demons we face. For all of us who have tossed and turned and decided to keep the lanterns lit and go searching, hoping that just maybe when the clock strikes 12, we'll meet ourselves. Midnights, the stories of of 13 sleepless nights scattered throughout my life, will be out October 21st to meet me at midnight. So I can't tell if she was trying to make this sound like a poem or if this has like not just song titles in it, but song lyrics. Mm. Or like, so she just said like, you know, it's things that have kept her up in the middle of the night throughout her life. So like, are these, are these, could they possibly be vault songs that would have made it on reputation? Maybe there was, Maybe there's vault songs on Evermore and Folklore that just were edited out and not included, and she's just deciding to release them because at this point, what does she have to lose? She just wrote two albums in the middle of a freaking pandemic. I mean, and they blew up one of them, not album only that, of the year. I mean, Taylor literally just won video of the year for a new music video about a song that she wrote how many years ago? 10 now? years ago. I know, like, it just, I like, and people, when when people heard that she was re-recording, a lot of the negative feedback was always, well, this isn't going to, you're not going to make a lot of money off of this. Yeah. You know, like, that's it's always. Be successful. Yeah. Nobody's going to, like, spend time on new it, recordings it of all too well just did. I know. It's, the reason she it's didn't just, include. It's so funny to me. It's the just, reason she didn't include the 10-minute version or 20-minute version of whatever it is of all too well on the original album is because she thought a 10 minute version of a song was too long, but we just proved it's not. She created a 15 minute short film about it. Like it's not too long. And and it won video of the year at the VMAs. Along with two other awards. Yeah. Like it's not too long. Like she just proved all of that wrong. So at this point it's like, what what the hell? (laughs) Well, so I personally don't think it's going to be vault songs. When she says, the stories of 13 sleepless nights scattered throughout my life. I don't think she means that she literally wrote these songs throughout her life. Throughout her life. <laughs> I I think it's more of like what I really like I think this is probably a concept that she's been holding on to, like an album concept that she's been holding on to. Maybe she knew that she wanted to like have it be about like have the title be midnights and she didn't know what she was going to do with that or maybe she maybe it's like the man where she said that it was a song she wanted to write for a really long time but she didn't know how and then with lover she finally knew how to write it and so I personally think that it's probably these are songs that have been written within the last year probably while she's been unable to release her re-recordings and I yeah I don't think that they're vault songs yeah I don't know it's just like you can't help but think that. But then on the flip side, I agree with you, Chandler. Like, she, the whole purpose of the re-record, right, is to include, not the whole purpose, but part of the purpose is to include the songs that were never included before because the label told her she couldn't. 
So that, you know, detracts from the re-record a little bit. But it's just like, I don't even know what to think anymore. I mean, like, she's, I, how many albums has she done? How many things has she done? That's just so far beyond the typical album rollout. I also think that if this is Vault Songs, she's not able to release that album because technically she doesn't yeah. Big Machine, That's like, true. own the demos or whatever. I don't yeah. know if I'm right about that. But then it would also, like, if these songs are good enough to be on an album on their own and they're like older songs that she wrote a long time ago, why weren't they good enough to be included on like the fearless and red vault songs? That's, That's a good point. True. Yeah, I agree with I that. I was also thinking that maybe like the 13 sleepless nights could be like just reflective. Maybe she's thinking yeah. back throughout her life too. She's had, like you said, she's had, has had this year where she couldn't release her re-recordings and because I do think that she's re-recorded 1909 and Speak Now. I do think that those have happened. Um, I just think she hasn't been able to release them because of all the lawsuits. Yeah. Obviously not reputation yet, fully. We know that one song can definitely be re-recorded. But I think that maybe she's had this time to reflect on her life. And, you know, she's got, in her present life, I mean, she's had a stable relationship for how many years? Five years? Five, six years? Yeah. She's like had that we know of. You know, like she's been doing other things behind the scenes. I mean, she's directed music videos. She's been in, I mean, she was in, I know she was in Cats and she's done different projects that mm -hmm. isn't like just creating albums. And obviously the recent, the re-recordings have been released Fearless and Red. So maybe those reflective moments that she's had, that she's had time to like think back. And I think that's goes back to what I was, the Spotify things that I have noticed and how it is like the things that she owns too. But it, it's interesting, the lyrics for the certain songs, like Bailey and I were really, really intently talking about the one and how, um, I know that it's in reference to midnight, like we've mentioned, or late nights or whatever. What 2 a.m., 2 a.m., yeah. whatever it is. But I just find it, it's still interesting, the lyric choices that she chooses with the songs. Like that, I don't think it, I don't think it's not intentional. And I yeah. don't think I'm reading into it. I feel like... There has to be something. There has to be something. Because they change. It's not the same lyrics. Yeah, there for, has for every song. Like, it's the certain it's, songs. There's separate songs that have different lyrics tied to them, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. It's hard to tell because a lot of her life has been so secretive for the past five or six years. We don't really know, Personally, right? So, yeah. it's hard to say if the lyrics she's choosing to show on the background in those particular songs have anything to do with anything or if it's just a coincidence or whatever but or if it's just random like she just ran like I don't know like if it's an algorithm or whatever but it's just like you also she's done so many things and she's so strategic on her easter eggs and she's so strategic on how she chooses to display or explain what she's doing so it's hard not to read into it, but like, like we said before, it's everything she does is not an Easter egg. Yeah. So it, it's hard to tell what, what's really going on there. But I mean, now is a good time to talk about all the other Easter, Easter eggs. eggs. 
But okay. Rebecca, what were you going to say? Okay, so in her like caption that we talked about, she says we twist in our self-made cages. And that reminds me of her like either picture or video from when graduation with NYU and the background of that, she had the Grammy in the cage, in the bird cage on the floor in the background. Yeah, that was weird. I remember people really, really talking about it too. I don't remember that. That's interesting. Okay. I like reference that. And also I was going to point something out because I was rereading this when you guys were talking in this line. Well, these couple lines, really stick out to me it says for all of us who have tossed and turned and decided to keep the lanterns lit and go searching hoping that just maybe when the clock strikes 12 we'll meet ourselves i feel like that's a different theme than what we've been talking what everybody's been talking about before becoming your true self once the clock strikes 12 almost like a cinderella theme you know what i'm talking about yeah like a fairy tale like the like lead up for that on her story she had posted that like dial dial clock or the is that what they're called um sure (laughs) at 11 59 analog clock yeah (laughs) (laughs) wow that was very like millennial of me (laughs) no i also the whole like leading with lanterns doesn't that just remind you of like the cardigan music video something about lanterns well yeah so what that reminds me of is this love this love too yeah yeah Yeah. or the lantern burning so she's like we decided to keep the lanterns lit and then this love is lantern burning flickered in the night in the night for only you and then also i just want to point out we twist in our self-made cages hoax my twisted knife, my sleepless night. Those are the lyrics. That, there that was another one that popped up on Spotify too. Like the floors we paced and the demons we face. You've got your demons and darling, they all look like me. I was gonna say the the archer. I wake in the night. I pace ah. like the room is on fire, invisible smoke. Yeah. Also in Wonderland, she says, "I felt your arms twisting around me." You know, that's callback to 1989. Maybe, maybe not. You you don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think there are definitely lyrical parallels to her old music in this post, in this Instagram post. Because, and I think that something that we've learned about Taylor specifically since the re-recordings and Folklore and Evermore came out is that she will find, she will find a word that she likes and she will find a way to use it in a song. Mm-hmm. Like, she did that with... um. God, now I can't remember what she said, but she said in like two different interviews that she will like write down words that she likes and then find like put them in songs. And so she's enchanted. Wonderstruck. Wonderstruck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really something that she's always done. But like um, it's some of the in folklore, it's some of the like really big words that everybody is like, ah, I don't need a dictionary. I have Taylor. And your touch brought forth an incandescent incandescent yes I love that yes that was one that I that she talked about in an interview um but she said there was one from folklore too but anyway so I think that the words that she is using like twist like it's a kind of common word but I don't know my mind just automatically like goes to songs that where she's used the word twist lanterns immediately took me back to this love demons uh, immediately took me back to sad beautiful tragic midnights first one that i thought of 
Lizzie, you said it too, and now I can't think of it. New Year's What was Day. the lyric? I want your midnights. Oh, yeah. I want your midnights. Yes. Okay. And I can't remember because when, after talking to my husband about this album and telling him the name, he started singing, midnight, you come and pick me up. So now my, now I'm going, my, my mind is going to style. Okay. And speaking of style, can we talk about Taylor Swift's dress post VMAs for the- Rebecca, take it away. Yes. Oh okay, so <laughs> she was in a custom made. Uh, sorry. Okay, I'll stop. I won't go off on my like fashion. Do it. Do it. <clears throat> Given the expertise that I do not have. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, um, jumps. I guess like you could say dress. And of course, it was midnight blue. It had a bunch of like the star patches on it. Um, and then like the fur fringe coats with uh platform heels that were like silver and sparkly and glittery. And that reminds me of 1989, the like silver sparkly. And then of course the stars kind of remind me of Lover. But obviously the stars in this case are going to be representative, represent, representative, representative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the word. You got it. <laughs> what is you it? Did it. Um, indicative, <laughs> indicative of the Midnight's album. But what also interesting that same night, Harry was performing with his res- part of his residency leg at MSG, Madison Square Gardens, um, in New York City. He was wearing a jean jumpsuit that had 10 stars on the front. And the stars are, like, almost the exact same as what was on Taylor's, like, mini dress. Which is just... Shout in- out to E. Kelly Design on TikTok for showing us this correlation. And Harry was in the Rolling Stones, uh, was on the cover of this issue of Rolling Stones in a fur fringe coat that's like almost like a dead ringer for the one that Taylor was wearing. And so that just, that issue just appeared like a couple of weeks ago. So the coincidence, like, I mean, could this be a coincidence? Absolutely. Could we be reading it to this? 100%. But, but even you said at the beginning of this episode, when we first started talking about her Easter eggs, collaborators true she likes to like remember she did Stella McCartney she did a whole line of clothing through her and then literally included her name in a song about her love for London I know like remember what Grammys was it where everyone made a big deal about Harry and Taylor talking I can't remember 2021 it was was like the beginning of 2021 yeah that, that was the 2021 Grammys yes where he so wore- then everybody was like cons- like they were making jokes about you know out of the out of the woods and like yeah. I don't want to bring all that shit up because people will freak out about it. So I'm not I, going to do my that. favorite theory is the vehicular manslaughter. Yes, like, yes, so ridiculous. No, it's like, just stupid, but it's like but can we not call them theories because like, that makes it seem like it's casual like, <laughs> <laughs> it just started out as a joke and it became like a running joke but now it's like turned so serious that it's like I'm not sure some people and this is the thing and this is the reason why Gen Z I love and appreciate you but I can never tell when you're serious and when you're joking yeah as a collective it's kind of like Okay. Anyways, um, yeah, they were talking, and you know what? I believe that Harry and Taylor have been on good terms for years. Kind of like Harry and oh, Joe yeah. were on good terms for years. And if you weren't like a deep Taylor and Joe fan, you would not know that because I remember back in like the maybe it was I think it was 1989 era, 
um, when he was dating Gigi Hadid. Do you guys remember when he dated Gigi? Yes. And they were on the boat in New York. With Calvin. She was and then Carly by herself. Yeah. And like, they were friends and hanging out back then. We just, you know, people hang out and talk a lot more behind the scenes, like what um, Bailey was saying earlier than we know. And like, they just don't publicize it sometimes. Well, I mean, and it's for Joe Jonas in particular, like they've been good for a long time because she, people are going to disagree with this, but she wrote holy ground talking about how like she's not mad at him anymore and she just is they're chill and they're good and they're friends and then he the first time that they like interacted with each other after the breakup publicly he came to one of her concerts for the speak now tour that was in like 2011 maybe 2012 oh yeah you're right yeah Uh uh-huh yeah and I think it's kind of like to a degree the same way with between her and Harry, because I never felt like her and Harry ended on bad terms, especially with 1989. I mean, that like album is pretty much dedicated to him. I, I, my personal belief, and I know a lot of people listening who like totally don't believe Hitler was real and it was a stunt, whatever, you can go screw yourselves and choke on a dick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> The way I agree, please keep it in there. Bailey and I were just talking about Harry and Taylor and how I feel like prior to Joe, maybe Harry and Taylor were like one of her first. I, I feel like here's what we said we said that we feel like Harry was her last true love before Joe. Yeah, I would agree that with that 100%. Yeah. I firmly believe that they are platonic soulmates because. If you, like, look at, like, if you know anything about Harry, he's so similar to Taylor. Like, they are just very, like, almost like the exact same person in two separate bodies kind of thing. They've got, like, those old spirits and just their likes and dislikes line up so well. I truly believe they're platonic soulmates. Like, friends, you know what I mean? Can I just say that I'm excited for this era because I really love the whole, like, the stars and the... Like, the whole yeah. style of it, like, I'm really excited about also, it. Also, <laughs> you know what I thought about that probably has nothing to do with anything? Because it's been two years. The stars, okay? The stars on her outfit and the stars on the cardigan. Uh, I just thought of that. Folklore was a lot of stars. Folklore yeah. There was, was a lot, lot of stars. stars. And it probably means nothing, given the fact that it's been two years. But we also... We can't rule anything out, right, at this point. Like, we don't know what's real, and we don't know everything. what's real. We might as well just throw it all out there. We have to consider everything. Um, um, can we talk about, like, what we think the sound of this album is going to be just based off of what we've seen so far? Because I I was having a conversation with my friend Sarah, and she loves Taylor Swift, but she hates a sad song. And so the past several eras have been like not her favorite yeah. she she likes an upbeat song her taste is trash so <laughs> okay she's very nice and well, i love 22 her is overrated so <laughs> hey, hey, i'm kidding but we were talking about it and i was like i actually like i was thinking about it later and i was like i don't think that this is gonna be another like alternative folklore evermore i think she's going back to pop me too i think so too I, I mentioned this to Bailey. Um, shout out to she changed her handle. It was Biddle's X. Biddle's X. I don't oh. know if that's still. She. It, it, the, yes. 
Her name is also Bailey. Yes. She made a point that it that she thinks is going to be pop as well, and I agreed with her. I feel like, and honestly, I'm excited about it because I've kind of missed Pop Taylor. Like, I love yeah. Folklore and Evermore. They're beautifully written albums. They were they served the purpose for those years, 2020 and 2021. We needed those like introspective, very deep, you know, songs that like we could really think about because we had the time to think about it truly. You yeah. know, we were sitting inside, like mm -hmm. we needed it. We needed those kind of songs from Taylor. Oh. And also the re-recordings too, like and the vault songs that came with those. But I'm excited for just like a jam, like a, a pop yeah. song from Taylor that like we're dancing to. You know, like I love those songs too. They they also serve the I, I need another like blank space. Like I need, I another, need another space. Cool summer. I yeah. need yes, I need another look what I don't you mean to do. Yeah. I need like those are the kind of songs that I'm missing. You have to assume that the automatic transition would be nineteen eighty nine, right? Because 1989, we know, is her pop album. So maybe <laughs> Midnight's is her 1989 <laughs> pop alternative album, since she obviously Ooh. can't release 1989. So, I do think you, I think you've got a point with the pop alternative. Like, I don't think it's going to be like pure pop. I think it's going to be, I can't decide if it's going to be like a Stevie Nicks, like, inspired kind of aesthetic aesthetic yes in terms of like the sound like a mixture of like her traditional pop sound and we can't, I can't really say her traditional pop sound because she doesn't really have a traditional sound because she changes it every album pretty much but what you think of when you think of Taylor Swift pop mixed with like what you think of when you think of like Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac and or if it's going to be kind of like um almost like dark dream pop like Lana Del Rey-esque the lighter in the album cover just like makes me think of that. Okay, there is so much I want to say. So I'm going to try and like think about everything. Okay, so earlier we talked about touring and her possibly being like more open to touring with a brand new original album. So I feel like her re-releasing Red coincided really well with the themes of Folklore and Evermore because those are definitely more introspective, deeply personal songs off of Red that she said that's her only true like breakup album to date. I think that all like went really well, almost like tied up in a nice little bow. And so I think with this album, she will go do touring again because you have to think about it. Folklore and Evermore, I don't think they were ever meant to be touring albums. Like she they're knew not. they're not marketable. Like they're not... It, she it would just, and as much as she would still be successful because she has an incredible fan base and everything, she's got the like Midas touch. It's not what Midas she touch. I know, I know. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like thinking about I that couldn't word. not. I mean, okay, go ahead. She does, she's successful. Like she has that Midas touch. It, but any, and I know it's the lyric, but so even as much as she has that and she still would be successful, that's not what she wants for her tours. She is such a performer. She's yes. not the singer. She's never been the Adele. Let yeah. me just sit on the stage and just sing. Like, obviously she does her B stage and she'll bring out her guitar and she does different like parts of that for her performances. But literally that's all she could do with like folklore and everything. She is a fantastic yes. performer still to this yeah. day. I have been to many concerts and still to this day, she is one of the best concerts I've been to because of the show that she puts on. Yeah. 
And that's my mom said that the reputation tour was one of the best concerts she's ever been to. And a lot of people who aren't even Taylor, like, like dedicated Taylor fans agree. Like she is a performer. She's like Beyonce. Like you would not picture Beyonce all of a sudden just foregoing everything that she does on her tours and just standing in front of a mic and singing for an hour, hour and a half. Like that's just not going to happen. So I do agree with that midnights will be more open up more of the touring era. And it also, I think will fit really well with the 1989 is my personal belief is that that lawsuit with 3LW is going to be thrown out. Um, Correction, not with 3LW, with the writers of the song that 3LW sang. Okay. 3LW supports Taylor. Yeah, I know the girls who made up the, the group, but yeah. The, yeah, I know they support Taylor. Anyways, and on a side note before I keep going on, this is just a note to the Swifties and the fan base. You need to stop sending hate to 3LW, the girls like in that. They have nothing to do with it. They were literally just the singers. They are like the vessel for these songs. They just go on and sing. They had nothing to do with this lawsuit. They want nothing to do with this lawsuit. So stop freaking bullying them. It's annoying. Also, she Taylor's been hanging out with Lana Del Rey a lot. They are friends. They're longtime friends. Lana's a big collaborator um, with Jack Antonoff, and obviously Taylor mm-hmm. is too. And I definitely could see the like set 70s is a huge aesthetic. Harry brought that in, not to try and like bring anything back to him, but that is like a very popular aesthetic in fashion in music right now. Harry's like Harry's house is a very 70s inspired album. It's been widely and highly successful. Also, I, his movie. But also gives off some 70s vibes. I have a point to bring up, too. So is, like, the alternative era. Like, and I I hate to, like, contribute to I mean, not hate to contribute to this, too. The Tumblr. Rodrigo and, like, who else is doing big alternative? Like, a lot of the TikTok stars, they're bringing back, like, the music that I personally listen to. It's like. No, we all listen to it. Yes. The mid-2000s. Like, I'm like emo, punk pop. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mayday Parade, like all of those bands and stuff, all that stuff is coming back too. So you have this like weird mix of 70s and like, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. aesthetic, like coming, it, it is. And so I'm trying to decide, I agree with what Chandler was saying. I totally could see this being like a, the very dreamscape dark 70s with Lana Del Rey, like the girl that's lamenting about her life and romanticizing things in that kind of way I can also see like you know almost like a 1989 kind of vibe and like combined with like the tumblr aesthetic and then I can also see like a straight like Fleetwood Mac style mixed with like the chicks what the chicks would sound like if they were Fleetwood Mac does that make sense yeah it does to me it does yes I see, like, yeah, like, what you were saying, too. And a little bit of tad of, of reputation, too. Throw it in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got you've to consider the reputation, like, element to it. Be- just, it, it's got the same... We don't know a lot about this era. We know it's almost so nothing. We don't it's, know anything about it. I'm so we, excited. This is we literally we know have. nothing. We have no, like, there's no no song no single like we have no song titles like we have an album cover and probably like the inside uh like of the album with the you know second in the carousel of of that instagram post and then we have what she did at the vmas and the after parties that's all we have to go off of so but 
because I feel like the cover that she put on, like the Midnight's cover is very like 80s. Like the blue eyeshadow, that is 80s. Mm -hmm. And like with the like, it just seemed very 1989, like it, yeah. like the Polaroid-esque. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And not to mention that like, Synth go to her website, it's literally going back to like the 70s kind of isk. It, she's really promoting, which is really big right now, like vinyl records. That's the first thing that it is. And then it's a cassette and then it's a CD. Right. Like it's, it's not, mm -hmm. or, and the digital album, of course, too. But it's, it's very, it's interesting that she chose a vinyl record as like the first thing. And it's because it's really in right now, too. Mm -hmm. But it just. I mean, so she was the global ambassador for Record Store Day this year. The first one ever. That also. That, yeah. We have to also go back and think about all the little things that she has done this year. Like how Rebecca mentioned earlier, the um, NYU, the video that she did for um, speaking at their graduation mm -hmm. and the Grammy in the cage and how off that was. I, I remember thinking when I saw that, like, that was very odd. Like, I've never, like, I there's a reason for that. that. You go back and watch it because I, like, thought it was weird. But now we understand, like, there was a bigger announcement coming and maybe all of it will make sense in the future. Who knows? Yeah, because, like, you know, the jumpsuit that she wore with the after party, that was very 70s and inspired. But the her red carpet look was very old Hollywood, especially yeah. with the red lip. Like, extremely, like, Gatsby. It was literally described as, a, like, a flapper-style Oscar de la Renta gown, which in Oscar de la Renta is one of her favorite designers. She wears him a lot. Um, he was also the designer of her one Met Gala look, the the big like pink baby pink dress with oh, the matte your favorite. Yeah, my favorite. So yeah, that was very old Hollywood. And then I'm looking at this cover of Midnight's and it's giving 80s. Mm -hmm. Like 80s, <laughs> like smoking a cigarette, um, gas station grunge. It was kind of like what I'm getting. Like you getting a pack of beer with your friends and chilling at a gas station and and you know, smoking cigarettes and, um, you know, skating behind the gas station or in, in an empty, like, mall parking lot at, like, midnight. Like, that Exactly kind of like you said. Tumblr. Exactly like you said, Fleetwood Mac meets the chicks. Like but, okay, to, to go back to, like, what we have, because, again, we know nothing. <laughs> I'm looking at her website and the second photo in the carousel from her Instagram post, it looks like she's in like my grandparents' house, which was built in the seventies. And oh, she's got oh. a corded phone and like this old, not old, probably. I don't, I don't know, but we, we can't count anything out. It could be anything because I can see the eighties, the grunge, the early, almost early nineties, like, look like it's almost like a mixture to me the album cover of like the grunge of the 90s and then like the almost like the glitz of the 80s but then you look at the other photo that we have and it's like very stripped down like you can freaking see her bra strap which is not a big deal nobody should care but it's not but, like perfect aesthetic yeah and it's, yeah. it's it's also yeah. like the website too it's like Rebecca, how you were saying, like Tumblr vibes, it give the whole website gives off like a Tumblr page, <laughs> like that. It does, and it I don't really know if that does. has to do if that was on purpose, 
Or Taylor was all over Tumblr. She was. She was very active. Also, on if Tumblr. you look at, like, you scroll through, like, if you go to the merch piece of it, it has that like still photo of her, and then the the you can see her like eyeshadow that's like blue, sparkly, whatever, and then you see the flame that's like constantly moving. Oh my god! But then you scroll down. Wait. And you see, like, the wood planks. Like, that yeah. wood plank is so 70s. Like, yeah. When I think about Taylor and flames, what do you think about? Picture to burn. Guys... Yeah, that's. Yes. I literally just thought of that, and I, I thought it was a revolutionary thought, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think about the last time I saw Taylor it could be flames. anything. It could Next be level. anything. Gonna That's the problem. But now I'm so, no. I'm so excited for whatever the first single will be. Because, like... What if she doesn't even release a single? She, I mean, she... That's what she's done in the past. Totally possible. Bex, what were what you if, about to say? I haven't seen anybody talking about, in the second photo on her Instagram post, Carousel, like, what the background. There is a framed picture, a crystal... It looks like a crystal-like um, cigarette tray. Another tray, yeah. possibly another cigarette tray, something that looks like a tortoise pattern. There's a stack in the background, and the stack is making up, like, like right here. It's making up a picture that I can't tell. Obviously, she has the corded phone. I don't know what's behind that picture. That is that a vase? I, uh, you know, I don't know. It kind of looks like it, like, goes down. But No, that might be the, like, legs of the table, but yeah. Yeah, there's like a lot, there's a lot of clues. She always puts clues in the backgrounds of her stuff. Like, yeah. She just I want to know what that picture is too. I've been trying to figure that out and I haven't figured it out. It almost looks like, like. It looks like a framed Polaroid. Framed Polaroid. Oh, I was going to say hold this. Hold on, guys. Okay, you guys keep talking about something. I think I know what it is. What is um, it? Let me what? try and figure it out or like see if I can pull it up. I think that photo in the background is her and Lana Del Rey. And I think there's going to be a, a collab. I and believe it. So Lana congratulated Jack on his Grammy win. And it was a photo of her and Taylor and him all together. And Taylor was like hugging him, which I think is very like interesting. Um, but there was also like some kind of video circulating or something. And in the background is, was Taylor with Lana. And it wasn't too long ago. I'll have to try and find I, it. I think I remember. But also I want to know. I'm, I, I'm just now realizing that she is holding like a phone. I didn't this, catch I didn't that at first either. either. Yeah, she's holding look like hard. an old. I didn't this. either. So do we want to discuss whether or not we think the re-recordings are still happening? Like, I know we've talked about the various lawsuits. So there's an issue. There's the lawsuit with Shake It Off preventing her from releasing 1989 Taylor's version, which I believe the court date is set for January of 2023. Don't yes, quote me on that. it was pushed out. Yeah, so it was supposed to be November, um, and they pushed it to 2023. Although I've heard some people say that they would be surprised if it even made it to court because the the writers of the song don't aren't aren't allowed to sue because like they they don't have the right to sue because they sold that then speak now is having the trademark issues um which honestly i have no idea what the other speak now is that is like the issue like i'm i, I could not tell you what whatever 
that is. I don't know what it is. And I think that says something. Um, and then she can't release Reputation yet because it hasn't been five years since she released it. Or she can't re-record Reputation yet because it hasn't been five years since she released it until this November. And then I don't know if you guys remember, but there was like rumblings of issues with her plagiarizing that Saving Jane song when she wrote yes. I'd Lie. Lie. And but, then so and he, then the girl from Saving Jane posted about it and said it was like a sad situation all around, which makes me think that there is like some e- there's either some kind of issue and that is maybe hindering Taylor Swift Taylor's version or maybe that was a hint that everything is like fine and it is going to be on Taylor Swift Taylor's version. Who knows? I think that Saving Jane Thing. Like, we've all voiced that we want I'd Lie to be a vault track yeah. on Taylor Swift, Taylor's version, right? I think I would argue that that's the most popular unreleased song that she has ever, that has ever existed by her, that she's ever written. I would agree with you. I would agree that, like, I'd Lie, for her, is similar to, like, All Too Well, right? Like... We love All Too Well, but we also love I'd Lie, and that's not released. So you would think that I'd Lie would be on, would be a vault track for Taylor Swift, Taylor's version. I can't help but think that if she won back her masters and was no longer re-recording, that she wouldn't make that announcement. Like, this has been such a huge... Thing oh, I don't think life. that she has them. If this was something she won back, there is no doubt she would say, hey, by the way, I'm no longer going to re-record my music because I now own all of it. Yeah, I don't I don't think. And even if she did get her master's back, I think she'd probably still, like, finish re-releasing those albums. Like, you have to assume that Taylor Swift, that the debut album, Speak Now in 1989, have all been re-recorded. Yeah. Except everything, basically, except, except reputation, reputation. It legally cannot be. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think that the hindrance is the lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. Rebecca, what do you think? About the lawsuit? Uh, what do you mean? What do I? I'm so like, do you think that she's still going to be able to, is still planning to re-release her old albums? Um, Bailey and I think that the only thing that's stopping her are the various like lawsuits and trademark issues that are happening. Yes, I 100% agree with that. And I honestly think that Taylor Swift's 10th album, Midnight's, I don't think that was scheduled to come out as soon as we got it. I think we got it sooner than expected because I think she was expecting to be able to um, release her um, Taylor's version albums as she hasn't been able to because of the lawsuits. Because... It is well known that she's like completely recorded them. Like various sources have said that like 1989 has been completely recorded. And I find it hard to believe that she record would record this love and wildest dreams and not the rest of the album and bad blood and bad blood. Mm-hmm. And not only that, these were months ago. If you guys remember with the spirit trailer, like that was just so random. Yeah. Anything. We I, thought 1989 was coming before red was. Yeah. 100%. And I honestly think 
it's these lawsuits that are holding it up. And because of that, she's stagnant. She can't release anything else. So I think Midnight's got pushed ahead a little bit. And she wasn't planning on releasing it as soon as originally. She wasn't planning on releasing it this early, you know. But also, you got to think about touring. And you have to book out stuff years in advance. I know we had talked- And it has been rumored for months, if not like a year, That's, that she yeah. is. Venues, that she's booked yeah. venues. Yeah. Yeah. For 2023. Yeah. She wouldn't, she wouldn't tour on folklore evermore. It's just not something that I'm she would I'm just saying, do. I'm saying it right now on this podcast. We didn't make it to Lover. His Lover Fest was canceled. Oh, but we're definitely going to make it to whatever this next tour is. We're going to make it to the Moonlight or whatever midnight. <laughs> did I just say Moonlight? Fucking, you did. Fucking okay. fucking folklore, whatever. Nobody get knocked up, please, so we can all make it. Okay. We're looking at you, Rebecca. <laughs> looking at you, Rebecca. Kind of yeah. looking at you, Lizzie. Not sure what your plans are. Nice. You're a newlywed. Um, I yeah. totally missed what you just said because I was talking too loud. <laughs> She said not anytime soon. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, yeah. I literally, is it sad that my first thought was, well, shit, I can't get pregnant now. <laughs> I, I she really, when she announced her midnights, I was like, oh, like this means she's going to definitely be. Rebecca, just, just or, hold on. I mean, I'm hold already back. thinking about Can my you outfit. Keep your legs saying. closed. Okay. Just do us a favor. No, I just don't want a repeat of Loverfest where Rebecca's like, I don't think I can make it because I'm pregnant. I was going to be like bumping it at like eight months. Like, <laughs> I was like going to oh. force Jesse oh, to like help me go to like, that. Like how they're very excited about the new album coming out, but they're also still mourning the fact that Loverfest never happened. And you know what? To the extent, I am too. Me too. <laughs> Part of me yes. is too. Because, like, the vibes of Loverfest were just, like, I was just looking forward to it. Like, the rainbow colors, like, the pastels, and just, yeah. I, I just, uh, I you know, we never, we kind of got robbed of that. I mean, obviously, that's nobody's fault. But I definitely think with this album, she's going to be touring again. And, you know, that theory we talked about in the past, well, the other day, I think we mentioned it in the chat, about Taylor said in the in the past that, she has to plan things years in advance. That is 100% true. I can't remember what interview that was from, but I remember Mr. hearing Arizona, it. Right? Yeah, because you have to book arenas years in advance because they are just yeah. booked out that far. And I know COVID screwed with everything, but things are also getting back to normal. So to a degree, yeah. Like I honestly feel like this album gives like opposite vibes to Lover. Like yeah. Lover, mm-hmm. if I think about Lover, I also think about one of the songs I love are Daylight, which is the opposite of Midnight. Midnight. Well, <laughs> well Lover too. is like... Think about it. Lover is like... It's right. It's pastels, it's yeah. rainbows, it's clouds, it's bright. Album's when you think about Midnight's and what we've seen of it so far, it's been like dark blues and silvers. Yeah. Okay, so hear me out. The Lover versus Midnight's reminds me of the sister's relationship, the twin sister's relationship with New York Minute. 
where the one lovers the pastels the girl that's like the one twin is this is with mary kate Ashley. you know remember like one of them was like super put together and like a control organized. freak yeah yeah. Uh-huh. yeah organized and super smart and the other one's like the grunge like rock like dirty laundry on the floor all the time dirty hair like that's kind of how i feel like you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. no i yep i, I love yeah. that parallel Okay, I hate to break this up, but we have been recording for an hour and a half. So do we want to do closing thoughts? Yes, let's do closing thoughts. My closing thoughts are face smash into a keyboard. (laughs) Yeah, my closing thought is what is happening? (laughs) I mean, I can't wait to look back at this podcast episode and think, man... We either had it like completely right or we were completely, completely wrong. wrong. Like that's what I'm really excited about. <laughs> yes, that's why I love our like reaction like to album announcement episodes. And also can I give a shout out to like all the people that have reached out to us the past couple of months about recording. You guys are really awesome <laughs> that you're like paying attention to us and Thank you for bearing with us while some of us struggle through life. (laughs) And it's not just struggling through life, but we're also really busy. Like when we started this podcast, like we were, it it was in the the middle of of a pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we weren't as busy as we are now. Mm -hmm. We've got a bunch of different life changes. We've got, we're just busy. And I, I appreciate people sticking with us. But we do this like for fun because yes, we, it's not like yeah, our job yeah, and we just... love to talk about her music and it I know for me personally it means a lot when people like relate to what we talk about and you know like our ideas and our thoughts and tell us so we've had people reach out ask when we're going to release another episode and here it is we were gone for a while but now we're back yes yeah Rebecca last closing thoughts <laughs> um life is hard it takes so much um time and effort for Chandler to edit these episodes and like you guys were saying this we started this in the middle of a pandemic and not only has things like have things gotten like back to normal things have sped up for a lot of us and we've been really overwhelmed so that's part of the reason for such a long break I am so excited for this album I I know it's going to be something new she's so great at that she's so great at like surprising us um I'm officially saying that my theories are that she's going to be collaborating with Lana especially because Carolina sounds a lot like a Lana Del Rey song mm-hmm. and um it just lines up really well with Lana's aesthetic and but yeah I'm just I can't wait to see like what we are right about which is probably gonna be nothing <laughs> <laughs> I don't think have we been right about a theory to date insert the no, we're like the worst <laughs> We're the worst Taylor Swift theorists that there are. <laughs> we're really bad at it. Which is funny because I feel like we're very logical for like in the fandom. Like, yeah, we're somehow the worst. But still apparently, so far off. Apparently, people are still listening to us and paying attention and agree with us. So we're not the only ones. I mean, at this point, I think it's a talent. Yes, <laughs> to be this wrong. To be. 
<laughs> with as much as we talk, like four of us, the odds of four of us all being like OG fans talking and being so like passionate and yet we're always wrong. Like so far off. It, it kind of goes back to what the point of the podcast is, which is to talk about the music. Like we are OG fans and obviously like I love like seeing Easter eggs and like people talking about them and like theories and but uh, we're we're just mostly here to talk about the music because we are bad at the theories. <laughs> Clearly. Yes. Obviously. Yes. We'll try. We'll try to talk about the theories as you have seen, but we're not going to be right. Okay. I think that I love that you like closed out with like your, what you think is going to happen, like your predictions. Let's go around and all like, say just like one prediction that we have for this album um my prediction is that it will be like a 70s Fleetwood Mac style but if they were releasing that kind of music today type of vibe I think she we talked about it before and I think Rebecca is the one who touched on it the most is like Fleetwood Mac meets the chicks I think she's gonna maybe attempt to go back to the country days with the Mm. chicks but also trying to incorporate that Fleetwood Mac type of pop music. I think that's going to be a big thing. I'm going to say that this album is kind of like an alternative seven. And I will agree with the seventies vibe, but that's what I think it's alternative in seventies. It's like, it's like also 1989 reputation on a baby. That's what I'm thinking. I really hope so. Can you imagine? Oh, I'm not prepared. Because I loved 1989 and Reputation. And Reputation. Two of my favorite album. So if you put those two together, magic. Okay, Lizzie, you liar. Because when I did like our introduction on our Instagram page, you said that Fearless was your favorite album. Fearless is my favorite album. I said one of my, I said some of my favorite albums. Oh, I thought you said those were your two favorite albums. I was like, yeah, they're two of my favorite albums. Not I mean, her two favorite albums. Fearless is definitely my favorite album. I walked down the aisle to Fearless. Okay, okay. Yes, I was so. like, you, yeah, you got a tattoo. I have tattoos <laughs> on my body. Like Fearless is definitely my favorite. It, okay, that's wait, my, that's my like that sticks me to the fandom. Fearless. All right, well. Bye, everybody. Thanks again great. for listening. I've missed this so much. <laughs> and we will be sure to keep you guys updated on next episodes and what we plan to do next. Um, we appreciate you guys sticking with us and sending us messages and telling us that you appreciate us. I promise that we are watching them and we I promise that we are reading them. We are taking them into consideration, but we've, we've been very busy. Um, but we appreciate your patience and we appreciate your fandom (laughs) shout out to our biggest fan you know who you are (laughs) all right i'm gonna stop the recording now